Okay, hello everybody. This is Quasar Quinology number nine. This is your host, Michael. I'm joined by some special guests from our regular comic book syndicate video show. Uh, would you like to tell us who you are? Hey, it's Bex Luther, your friendly neighborhood trash queen. <laughs> and and w today we have, technically we have two co-hosts and we have a featured guest who's not going to talk as much unless she has something really important to say. <laughs> Just as I took a sip, it's uh, G.I. Joe Lee. All right. So today, okay, so now this is something I keep neglecting to tell our guests, and that's that this is a podcast dedicated to following all the appearances of Quasar, okay? And I, I keep forgetting to tell people that, and so when they come to do these reviews, they kind of... Don't care about Quasar, because you're like, hey, Rebecca, read these three issues of Dazzler, and I'm like, cool, done. Yes, so to be fair... Um, we are focusing on Quasar appearances, but we're going to talk about a lot of other things in this comic because this is, I believe, the first time you've ever read a Dazzler comic, right? No, I've read Dazzler before. Okay. Yeah. Especially Ultimate Dazzler because she's punk. Mm -hmm. Julie? It's my first time reading Dazzler. Ever reading. And we were all excited because we've liked Dazzler. Like, I've liked Dazzler my whole life. I, I was first exposed to her in X-Men by Chris Claremont and Mark Silvestri. And then going back and reading the, her original appearance by Chris Claremont and John Byrne. And then, of course... Halston Sage played her in the newest X-Men movie. For it was about the, five seconds. Yeah, it was the best part of the movie. But don't show her face. Well, for, there's a split second when you see her face. She's there. Yeah. Um, so I'm a big fan he of Dazzler. opened the 4K trailer and just scrolled until you could see her. So, anyway. So anyway, okay, so... Um, no glitter jumpsuit in that let's, one, let's just briefly say, we're talking today about Dazzler number 9 and 10. Um, they're both written by Danny Fingeroth and... And drawn by um, Frank Springer and inked by Vince Coletta. Um, I'm not going to say much at first. I'm just going to say Dazzler, the comic series, has a reputation for being a really bad comic. And I can understand exactly why. Um, let's start with you, Becca. What was your impression of this comic? Wow, what a feminist nightmare. Uh, uh, just, just real hot garbage. Just... <laughs> The hottest garbage, and as a trash queen, not, just not the kind that you want. Oh boy! You just want lukewarm garbage. I, I had no idea why I was reading these specific issues, but I okay. thought it was because you hated me, Mike. Oh I really? Thought, I thought you were like, so this, this will piss Rebecca this off. This is just like Marshall. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought you specifically picked these out. You're like, ah, yes, a, a, a woman-centered comic. You know, she's got her own title. That's awesome. No. <laughs> not good. Uh, and do you want to give specifics, or do you kind of just want to? Well, Dazzler doesn't have a character. She is just a girl. And then things happen to her. Mm. She doesn't do anything. Things happen to her. She's no agency. No. Like, literally, it starts off, she's getting kidnapped. First, right out of the bat. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. and she's doing nothing about it. Even though she's a mutant with these powers, she's like, oh, no, he has a gun. I was like, you're a dazzler. <laughs> you know what? Oh, a gun. Not only is she getting kidnapped, <laughs> but... Her character, like you were saying earlier, before we started recording, her personality is girl. Mm -hmm. And her motivation is nothing. Except to fall in love the with the moment Quasar steps onto the Ooh, house. he's hot. And I was like, girl. Yeah, she, exactly. she doesn't even say it. She just looks. And it's like, oh, okay. That's where this is headed. Yeah, it's like, it's like... Yeah. She could have been any... It doesn't matter that she's Dazzler in mm -hmm. this. She... She could have been Barbie. She could. She almost. She is Barbie. She is. She's Gem in the holograms, but worse. Yeah. Like, and it, it sucks because stuff that I know about Dazzler is not this. 
So I thought she was cool. And then you read this, and you're like, oh, no. What are, what are you guys doing? Oh, no wonder women didn't want to say that they liked comic books back in the day. Because, like, this is brutal. Well, it's like... <laughs> yeah, the art. This is the... Let, we'll get to the art in a minute. But let's just say... So, basically, Alison Blair is kidnapped. Brought Immediately. To, brought to Project Pegasus. And she's forced, but not really, to stay. She's basically threatened. Well, if you don't want to participate, we're going to pre- expose the fact that you're a mutant, Right. Uh, and so it's kind of like, yeah, she is kidnapped and she's forced to undergo these experiments to test the limits of her powers. It's kind of ridiculous. Uh, we have subplots with her father. Go ahead. So what is Project Pegasus? For anyone who's listening that needs to know the context. Thankfully, we've done a review covering this um, with uh, myself and, um, with, and Josh. Project Pegasus is a, is a government-run like facility that, that imprisons supervillains and also does other things that... I don't really know. They probably do experiments, and they have s- cool stuff there. But it's kind of just like a government f- government facility. The, and Quasar is the head of security there, so that's why. Okay, he, so it's a force for good. Uh, we'll say it's benign. It's kind of just a force for itself. To, yeah, itself, not necessarily good. Okay. Yeah, what's it good? They're not evil. He's but the, I wouldn't say good. He's the head of security, and his uniform is a cape. Yeah. And headband. Of course. I love it. And. Briefs. Well, he's also he is technically he is a superhero. He just happens to have a job as well as being a superhero. So, but I just love that like he couldn't get a badge that said his name on it too. <laughs> um, so, for those that don't know, if this is your first time listening, Quasar is dressed exactly like a character named Marvel Boy, who is a '50s superhero, and that's why his costume looks sort of outdated. Is that what you think? It's kind of retro. Well, yeah, it looks. It made me almost think that the issue was older than it was, and then I was looking at like. Allison, I was like, there's, I mean, she's super sexy all the time. I was like, this is weird. It's just, he looks, yeah, he looks old fashioned. He looks like a 1950s bodybuilder. Yeah. yeah he, uh, you know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of, um, oh, what was that TV show with like the old body, like there was bodybuilders in it. I can't remember what it was, but like. Bodybuilders, I don't know. And it was Catholic. <laughs> Mm. Wait a second. Why do I? Why is this? There was this. If anyone knows, please put that in the comments below. (laughs) Please tell us we were wrong about that being Catholic. Was it Christian? Or was it Christian? (laughs) Um, I'm intrigued. Uh, And Um, we're googling it. So while you guys are googling it, um, (laughs) there is now. To be fair, there is a point where Dazzler does finally use her powers to their fullest potential, and she breaks out of Project Pegasus. Right. So she does. Does that redeem her story at all or no? That doesn't redeem it? No. Well, because <laughs> at this point, the only reason she seems to want to break out of Project Pegasus is her one concern at the bottom of the one panel while they're testing her is like, yeah, I wonder when lunch is. Like, just yeah. very superficial Sorry. desires. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then you find out, I thought she was there for like a couple of hours. Then she's like, oh, I've been here a week. And I was like, girl, a week? You've been here a week and you just now want to break out and you're now just fed up with it. Like, mm-hmm. she just lets, she's no, what's the word I'm looking for? She's, she's got no sense of self. She's, she's got no, she's, no spine. agency. Yeah, she's no agency. Yeah. She just, things just happen to her and uh-huh. she goes, well, this is my life now. And I'm like, N- you're an X Men though, kind of technically. Yeah. It just later, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Um, so I, did you like the scene where she has lunch with Quasar? Anyway, okay. After he, <laughs> after she's so exhausted that from the, trying to use her power to attack him to escape, and he drags her back in. Yeah, I'm, I love that panel. Good, I'm glad I did too. Okay, so let's talk or about... Or the one where she's half naked. Where's that? Hold on. 
This one you mean? No, actually, but also oh, that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait a minute. That one you mean? No. Oh. The one where she's uh, splayed in that one. Oh. Well, I mean, her legs are together. Why is she in a bathing suit at all? Are you sure that's a bathing suit? Oh, I guess it is. You're or her right. underwear. Okay. Worse. Good point. Now, okay, while we're at it's required it. for testing. Yeah. So uh, that, she's got to be in a push-up bra because it's science. Let's agree that the story is not good. Okay, to be fair, Danny Fingeroth, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but he has a doesn't have a great reputation as a writer. He was a Spider-Man editor for a while. The only other stories I remember him writing were like Deadly Foes of Spider-Man. Did you ever read that? No. And they were not good. Uh, I never liked his writing, and this is exactly why I think I didn't. He's clearly not a great writer. The dialogue was not great, right? Um, I, there was one particular moment I thought that had promise. Like when Dazzler gets um, kidnapped and brought to Project Pegasus, and she's walking by uh, the kind of jail cells that they have. One of them is for this character, Claw. And she's looking at him, and she's like, oh, they've got this green set up here, or this Sorry, they've got this screen set up here, I guess so he can communicate without using sound because Claw's his powers are based on sound. Which, why would you do that, but okay. But here's the thing is Claw is typing something out and then she reads it, don't trust them. Soon you'll be a prisoner like the rest of us. That's like a, almost like a Shutter Island type setup for like a, a cool story. And you're like, but wait a minute, the very next panel, Claw has a thought bubble. Good, the seed of doubt has been planted. So right away you know that she's, that he's like lying to her. So it ruins the suspense of where that could have gone, right? Yeah, I mean... Do you agree? I immediately assumed he was lying, also, before I even got to that panel. And I immediately went, oh, sick, Allison, way to go. Like, she believes the first, like, this guy comes up and he's like, oh, we work for the government. She's like, oh, okay. The first person was like, actually, it's sketchy in here. And she's like, you know what? Maybe maybe you're right, guy in a cage. Like, yeah. <laughs> who we know is a bad who guy. Who is just radiating red, mm. bad energy. Like, mm. it just, she's so gullible and naive and she just does whatever all the men around her say and... So we, all three of us don't like the story. We can agree on that, right? It wasn't good. Can we talk about the art? What it's did okay. you think of the art? Okay. I mean, there's some that's better than others. Yes. Like the page that we're on right now where they're in the car. It's just muddled, gross. I have to bring up, uh, we've actually talked about Frank. The art is by Frank Springer and Vince Coletta. We've talked about Frank Springer on the show before when we did the video review of Transformers number, I think, three and four he did, okay? The, the first issue that he did had a, a certain anchor and it was terrible. Then he got a different anchor and it was incredible. So it tells me he is a good artist, but it depends on the anchor. Vince Coletta is notoriously known as a, we'll say at the very least, a rushed anchor. Some of his stuff is good, some is bad. But in some of the panels, like you said, like that's good, that's good. But if you go to like page eight or six, the first time you see Quasar, it's not great, it's okay. But then later on, there's another shot of Quasar that's horrendous. Let me just see if I can find it here. And when he's fighting, I don't know if it's in this one or, or 10. But. Yeah. Well, anyway, maybe it's in the next one, but like that. Like, this is page 16. What? I don't know. It just... It, here's the thing is, inking... People think that tend to think inking is just tracing, but depending how you ink something, you can f kind of flatten it out, and you can actually make the anatomy look worse than the penciler intended. Like, look at this, page 12 here. The shot of Quasar walking through the hallway. It's pretty rough, eh? Yeah, they always put the good shadows on our boobs, though. <laughs> yeah, well, they spend extra time on that. Here's the thing is... No, it's... If, I don't know if you... I'm not, like, just saying that to, to say it. If you would notice, even in, like, the shittiest panels, there's always emphasis on her bust. Okay, I didn't notice <laughs> that. And her lips. And her lips. Always on the pouty lips. Like, she doesn't make any other expression besides, like, pouty sexy. Well, here's the thing is... I think Frank Springer actually has an almost John Romita-esque 
way like he's very good at drawing women i think he's excellent and i've noticed that before he's great at drawing women no it's that um it's that typical like mattel yeah uh, she looks plastic stock look yeah true i'll give you that it's definitely stock like even well even quasar looks like a ken doll so it's very um it's very like corporate illustration sort of like hasbro Mm -hmm. i think everything um like toys look like that illustrations in uh children's books look look like that at the time so i think it's just i think the illustration the art in the comics are, are just indicative of the time um of the of the product art that was happening at the time. That's that's a good point. That's a good point. And a lot of these, a lot of these artists, didn't they sort of straddle different um, spheres as freelancers? Absolutely. Some of them, like uh, I believe Michael Golden came from commercial art. Uh, some of them came from marketing. So yeah, there's definitely some crossover there. You're right about that. I do have to say though, I think his storytelling is great. Like if you look at this page, like here we're on digital uh, page 13. Uh, uh, Dazzler's walking through the hall, then she sees all the stuff that's going on, and then we get a cut to a different perspective of Claw looking at her, then we cut to the screen, then we cut to her face. And uh, maybe at the time this wasn't a big deal, but compared to 2019 art, when you have Xerox copies of a person's face repeated over and over again as they you know, have dialogue as they're talking, this is much better, in my opinion, than what you see now, and that's why I like it. I don't think it's excellent, but I think it gets the job done. Becca. I mean, the panel works fine. Mm. I... I'm not going to be as positive about it as you, I think. Okay. Um, just because when you say cookie cutter, I'm like, that's the most expression she's ever shown. And it's just, it's the same mouth. It's just her eyebrows. Okay. So, I, like, there's no, like, it is it is the same cookie cutter face every mm-hmm. time, to me mm-hmm. at least. It's just like. <laughs> I can give you, okay. I will give you that. Okay. Because, like. That was a lo- that's a problem that I've had as a comic fan reading older comics with women in them mm-hmm. is like the girl looks the same all the time. Yes. Or like all the women look the same. It's like the old gem cartoon. They were all the same, just different yeah. hair colors, right? Mm-hmm. Even um, John Romita, who I love, his women, John Romita Sr., his women tend to look almost all exactly the same. But then again, so did most of the men, other than like hairstyles. So Yeah, so like that's your problem is you're not differentiating. That's why like I really liked Mary Jane as a character because she always looked different than mm-hmm. the other women because she was distinctive. Whereas sometimes you have like four female Avengers in a panel, not always, mm-hmm. and then they all look the same except that they have a different outfit, different painted on costume. Right. Um, but yeah, so like a lot, like yeah, the the sets were dynamic and like the way that the paneling was worked was dynamic and it did tell a story. But I didn't get anything from the characters. Um, okay, so we still have uh, another issue to talk about. So we're just gonna say that at the end of this we get a sort of cliffhanger where we find out that there's this robot who's been watching um, Dazzler on a screen and basically it says next issue Galactus. So that's how the story ends. So now we're gonna jump ahead to the next issue which is issue 10, which is by the same creative team. So I have to say it's probably not even worth really getting into analyzing the writing and the art because it's pretty much the same thing other than did you think the way that this plot turned out was any better or was it? This art's way better. Anytime Dazzler, yeah, I don't know what happened, but like that. It's it's exactly the same. Is it the same? I don't know what happened then because like that's awesome. This here? The the stuff at the top, all the the, the curry crackle kind of stuff. You know what? I'm only going to guess because they're referencing. No, I was going to say no, that's not why. I don't know why. Yeah, you're right. It is kind of better though. And was this monthly or bi weekly? I believe at this point it was monthly. Okay, because 20 issues is two years. 
So if this person has been, isn't it like the the first two issues we were reviewing? This is still this is number ten. This is oh the we're very, in yeah, ten. Sorry. This is the very next issue. Yep. Forget it. This one's I don't know what this is. I don't know what happened to him the night before. But this is like yeah, like that Galactus is good. Strangely, mm-hmm. yeah, someone like, has motivated him. Maybe he just didn't care at all about the Dazzler Quasar s- semi romance sure. garbage story, and he's like, I just want to get to Galactus and draw some stuff in space. And maybe this was something that he was more interested in because the art does change and gets better and gets more interesting. But here, I'm going to counter-argument that. Page 7 of issue 10, look at that horrible (laughs) shot of Quasar. That's what I'm talking about where the inking can actually, it it changes the perspective of, you know, how the character looks like. That's terrible. And I blame that all on the inker, Vince Coletta. But then you have the the next page. Which is fine, yeah. So, yeah, something definitely happened. Like, these pages, like, this is like page 9. Maybe he just couldn't draw Quasar. Well, but but even like the layouts here, they're they're I think they're excellent. Like changing perspective in each like uh, panel and um, the composition's great. Like this is a little bit wonky. This the shot of Galactus on page ten, but I still think it's it's decent. Yeah, the perspective's a little off, but right. Then they fix it the next one. Um, what did you guys think about this subplot with it with her father that they kept cutting back to? I mean, they have to cut back to her dad because she's a woman with no agency besides the men in her life. Okay, okay, okay. I just can't stop thinking how he looked like Tom Selleck. He does look like Tom Selleck. Like, look at that, but like mustache. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a dad lawyer, so yeah, he looks like Tom Selleck. Yeah. Well, maybe it was just like how they they always drew Sam Jackson as Nick Fury in the hopes that he would be cast as him one day. Maybe that's what they're thinking of Tom. Will be Dazzler's dad. Yeah. Maybe. The coveted role of Mr. Dazzler. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Mr. Dazzler. But no, this second issue, this uh, issue 10 is interesting because Quasar's only in the first little bit, right? Right, yeah. And he's like, oh, my powers don't work. And then it just starts banging on the ship. And then he's like, gives up. That's the best part of this whole comic is when he does that and he just starts punching it because his his (laughs) immense superpower isn't working. Yeah, his kind of undefined superpower. They haven't really... Where, like, he absorbs energy? From... Quasars, like his yeah, from his, like quarks and from, stuff. Yeah, from like other star systems, which is I don't really. Which quite. is very vague, and yeah. like he was, ex- and he's explaining his powers versus Dazzler's powers. And she's like, "Oh, that's a lot powerful than mine." He's like, "Well, you don't know that." She's like, "No, I do know that. Stars are more powerful than sound." <laughs> yeah. Um, again, kind of one of those things where the powers are whatever the writer says it is, right? Well, yeah, because then she just absorbs an entire man. <laughs> um. <laughs> this is uh, yeah, um, and that's why Galactus notices her. That's a good point. And that's the other thing is is her now her newfound strength is, isn't even come from herself; it still comes from a guy. Well, why? Then, well, then to be fair, Norn Rad was a regular humanoid alien, but he and he had no power until Galactus gave him power. Is that different? I mean, no, but it just it's just there are other. Yeah, there's other th- there's other things, but like okay. that's the thing is Dazzler has these these powers, but they don't matter at all until she gets more from my dude, and then that's why Galactus notices her. It's just like it's just getting something from a man on top of getting something from a man on top of there only being a man in in, in the, the the decisions in your life. Okay. Well, <laughs> here's the thing, okay? Now this story ends on a cliffhanger. Next Judgment Day, be here for jury duty. Unfortunately. We are never going to find out what happens because we're not reading the next issue for this podcast, right? Well, I'm going to go back after. Okay. Ooh, is that a purse? I didn't notice that. Yeah, she brought her bag with her to the black hole because you can't, like, not have your lipstick. She was also in roller skates the whole time, which I kind of didn't realize. Also, but. her shoes are sometimes not roller skates and sometimes roller skates. Yeah. So I don't know if her Dazzler Light makes roller skates or not, but I'd like to believe it does. Uh-huh. 
because sometimes they're just shoes. Um, it's like her lantern power. Yeah. It's um, make rolls. She makes Heelys. <laughs> so overall, was this issue better than number nine? Um, it was more interesting just because it had Galactus and the black hole and his story about getting betrayed. Nothing to do with Dazzler at all made it better. Okay. Um, but, I mean, Galactus in space is cool. And, like, him talking about his, like assistance through the years and then betraying him and and why he needed her to go into a black hole and then her going into the black hole is cool it was very cool yeah it was a nice effect uh yeah and it's like if there was a scale of one to how many times we've seen quasar so far this is definitely less a three <laughs> i mean the comic i reviewed it was like a 0.5 yeah <laughs> well poor mara she got a wristband right yeah. like she got a there wrist, he is so. there's my man and there's yeah. a wristband there's his hand and his wrist and some jewelry my favorite part of this one though is that um if you replace dazzler with a very sexy lamp that was very bright it would be the same comic <laughs> fascinating galactus would steal the lamp from earth and send it into the black hole to get <laughs> what was the name terax back Terex, yeah because she doesn't, the whole time she's like, ah, oh, I'm really good at this time, but does nothing. I just, I can't get over the fact that, that who, who was reading this when it was written? It couldn't have been women. No, no women on earth were reading comics at this point. So. Mm, I'm going to say my mom definitely was. Okay. Okay. You got me there. But she wasn't reading this. No, <laughs> it never had a good reputation. And, and even the people that bought it, I think they only bought it out of loyalty to X-Men because she first also, appeared in hot. X-Men. And she's hot, right? And the lamp only burns so bright before it bursts. Yeah, but then a, a man comes in and turns, changes the bulb, and then she's good again. Yeah. So I guess my question is... No. <laughs> would you recommend this comic? Oh, God, no. No. Oh, God. It, it's everything that's wrong with comic books. Except for art, maybe. But, okay. Mm. So the writing is everything that's, that was wrong with comic books in at least... And, like, the, the plot is interesting. And, like, Quasar is cool. And, like, all the bad guys that are locked up are cool. And, like, Pegasus is interesting. And, like, but none of it matters because just as you're, you're diving into something that's interesting, Dazzler's like, oh, I need to change my clothes. Like, it's just... It's not enough to carry her title. Like, because these are just side stories mm -hmm. from other st bigger stories that are happening in the universe. What is the point of giving her her own title and then just kind of doing something like this? It doesn't make any sense. Um, just do other things with her. Like, I know um, if, if we're talking about recommendations, I'm going to give my long answer. And I know that a lot of my friends who are Derby girls who know that I am into comics have asked me about Dazzler. And I was like, I don't, I don't know anything about her because I don't know if there's like a lot to know about her mm -hmm. other than she had like her very apparent like superficial superpowers and the commonality of you guys both wearing roller skates. So go ahead and try it. I can't recommend any issues. I can't recommend these ones now. <laughs> but, I mean, if you want to see, like, pretty good... Ex I've just been scrolling through uh, mm -hmm. examples of, like, um, late 70s sort of graphic illustration. And this is every indication of late 70s. Like, uh, the, mm -hmm. the influence, the color palettes... Um, the sort of like Parisian influence, like Barbie doll faces. Right. It's all there. Um, if you like that kind of art, go for it. If you want a really good story about a woman who is super powered that comes from the X universe, this ain't it. Like, that's it. I don't know what to well, say. Well, you know what's unfortunate is that 
uh, when Dazzler did come out, it was a big hit at first. It was the first comic to, to, to be sold exclusively in comic shops, like direct market. So it was a fairly big deal at the time when it came out. But it's like they have this female superhero and they assign Danny Fingeroth, who has no other credentials that are, we know of, to write this character. It's like if you know girls right now who are interested in, in Dazzler just because of who she is, it's like... Didn't Marvel know, realize at the time they could have like doubled their audience by focusing more effort into this? But clearly they didn't. Yeah, but girls don't read. Yeah, and it's like, of course she's going to be popular. Every every woman who listens to disco music and goes to a roller rink looks like Dazzler. If I saw that in a, a variety store or a comic shop or wherever you could pick up these comics, mm -hmm. um, as a woman in the 70s, I would have been marginally interested. Mm -hmm. um, I would have been even more interested had she been an Asian woman because she would look exactly like me. But if I, if, if that, if the visual on the cover was enough for me to pick it up and then I would, and then reading it, it's just like really disappointing. Like they mm -hmm. really just screwed the pooch well, on like, this one. Mike was just showing the cover where she's fighting Dazzler, love number 10, mm -hmm. or Dazzler's fighting Galactus. And like right now, I would look at that in a shop and be like, whoa, a girl is fighting Galactus by herself? I need that. And then mm -hmm. you open it up, you're like, oh, nope, just sexy lamp. Yeah, and she's wearing roller skates. And she's wearing roller skates, and she has and a disco ball a necklace, suit. purse, bracelets. Like, she's mm -hmm. on point coordinated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's also interesting that at the time, I think the only other female superheroes that Marvel had were like She-Hulk, Ms. Marvel. There wasn't many. There's a bunch the of X-Men. ladies Storm. But, but I mean, not on not in solo series. Oh, it's oh, like, okay. and, but I, and, and I know they had women writers, so why didn't they use one of them, right? And so they give it to Danny Fingeroth, but whatever. Okay, here's my next question. Did you guys like this Dazzler comic or these two Dazzler comics enough to read another Dazzler comic if I asked you? I hated it enough <laughs> to read to try to find another good Dazzler comic to read. Great, because I'm going to have you guys back on again to review Dazzler number 21. What do you guys think? I think I won't be here. Excellent. Okay, so that one's coming up soon. But first, next week, we're going to be reviewing Marvel Team-Up number 113 on Quasar Chronology number 10. This has been Quasar Chronology number nine. Thank you for joining us. And Julie and Becca will be back soon. See you later. Bye.